Hey everybody, this is Shania Riddle of the Gil St. Bernard's Class of 2023, and you're listening to the Black Knights Podcast, a Black History Month BSU production. In today's episode, we will explore theater and music with JT Jenkins, Class of 1975. JT is a choreographer, musician, and producer, and the creator of the jazz funk style. His in-depth knowledge of classical jazz, musical theater, and hip-hop has allowed JT to choreograph and teach in venues around the world. Without further ado, let's get to it. So today, as I said before, we have JT with us. So welcome, JT. It's really good to have you. Um, My name is Shania, as I said before as well. I'm a senior, um, class of 2023. Um, And I'm Desiree. I'm also a senior, class of 2023. Um, So would you like to introduce yourself, JT? Absolutely. JT Jenkins, class of 75. (laughs) Um, It's a pleasure being here. Uh, Definitely looking forward to to sharing uh, any information and knowledge uh, with you guys. I think it's something that's uh, very important um, to to do, not just for this month, but always. So um, absolutely looking forward to having this conversation. Thank you for joining us. Um, so the first question we have for you is, what got you into dance, um, specifically jazz and hip hop? <clears throat> well, I started um, young, uh, you know, I, I played uh, at, Athletics. Uh, I, play, I was a three three letter uh, three sport three letter sports in uh, at Gill. I played football, baseball, baseball, and basketball. But I always um, I, I was always into uh, music and dance. Even as a young uh, young kid, I started playing piano when I was seven or eight. Um, always used to uh, with my brothers and cousins. We used to put on shows in our aunts and uncles' basement. You know, doing the Jackson Five and and all of the young groups. Uh, uh, at the time, and and so I always had that interest in in um, in the arts, and my parents were very um, supportive of you know if, if we had a spark or, or an interest in something that they tried to guide us in the right direction to uh, uh, approach any of those interests you know the right way. So I've I've always been been appreciative of that, and they kind of you know focused me into where I should meet if I if this is something I want to do. This is where you need to study. This is the people you need to go to. And and I've always just had that interest. I think, I guess the biggest thing was just having that spark and the passion, you know. Okay, so what was it like to travel the world? And can you share some of your experiences, like traveling and teaching dance around the world, like maybe with different cultures and how it's kind of influenced you and maybe the way that you teach? Uh, well, I, I, have to, I have to tell you, the, the um, first time I really got to, travel and see the world was actually through Gill. When I was first at Gill, they had the unit plan. And mm-hmm. I know they don't do that now, but that was when I first studied Spanish, I went to Mexico and was there for six weeks studying Spanish there. I actually learned more living in Mexico for those six weeks than I would in any school, uh, any classroom situation. Um, so that those, and, and among other opportunities, get gone to Norway as, as well. Um, so, and and I've always, whenever I've traveled, even with a family, um, I've n- not been one to. I, I never wanted to go to. I mean, you go to the tour spots, but in order in order to learn the culture of a country or a people, you have to get out of the tourist area. So whenever I would go anywhere, um, and particularly when I started working professionally and going touring, it was much easier to get away from tourists um, and, and going into areas where you could really see the culture and, and grow an appreciation for um, what that culture or that country or that city was about. 
Um, so I've always, again, the same thing is like, if you really want to learn the culture or the people or the food or any of that, go get away from the uh, McDonald's and all those places and go find the real, uh, real spots. That's really great. We actually still do have unit here at Gill. Um, and we th- we still do travel like all over. Like I know Netherlands is one of them that you can yeah, do this year. And there's like a Romania one right. too. Like there are oh, a lot nice, of them. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, and it's two weeks now as well too. Yeah, it's two weeks. Yeah. Ah, see, well, the six is well. Two, hey, listen, any of it is is better than just sitting and reading about it at home. So, right, um, yeah. you, you applaud and appreciate that. Um, another question we have is, what are some of the challenges that come with dance and being a musician? Uh, one of the challenges of being a, uh, uh, well, there are two different ways things on depending on the side. If you're, as a dancer, um, you're learning, you have to be able to learn to pick up quickly. Um, you have to do your homework depending on what you're auditioning and or who you're auditioning for so that you're, um, that you don't cast yourself out before you even get into an audition. Um, it's important to be a, stu- uh, a student of history and whatever you're doing. As a choreographer, um, you've got to be able to adjust your vision depending on uh, the director you're working with and or the artist you're working with and or the level or talent of the, the students or dancers or talent that you're working with. So um, there have been plenty of times where I've done music videos where we've gone in with one idea and even because of the weather had to change things up on the fly and on the spot. And some of those videos actually ended up becoming iconic and had nothing to do with what we we uh, rehearsed in the beginning. Um, and then the same thing on on, uh, on the musician side, on a music tour, the one thing that um, I've been fortunate with with the artists that I've worked with, you know, they're they're true artists. So there's nothing in the nothing in the computer, nothing on sticks that, uh, you know, every background, all those things are all live. So if anything ever broke down, we were able to, you know, that foundation of the artists I work with, you could still get out there and sing, dance, perform or, and uh, play the instrument that you needed to not having to rely on, uh, you know, computers. So if you could describe a typical day of choreographing, what would it look like? Ooh, um, it, again, you know, depending on what kind of product, a project you're working on, obviously, if I'm right now, I'm choreographing Chicago for a performer in arts high school in uh, New Jersey. And, and that's at a different level because you don't have the students all day, you know, you only have them for a couple of hours. If I was working in a professional um, gig, you're, you're rehearsing eight hours a day. Um, and the obviously the production value is, is a lot higher, though the foundation of any way that you approach uh, production, whether it be from a high school to a, pro, to a professional, should be the same. Um, you know, you, it, time is time is money, especially pro- professionally. Um, you just need to have your homework to know what you want to do before you get in. There's obviously there's room to be able to create on the fly and on the spot. But when you don't have a lot of time, you want to have something prepared when you walk into that room, particularly if you don't know the artist uh, for the first time, um, because you can lose you can lose your talent on the first day if you don't know what you're doing. And I'm sure one of you said one of you was a dan- as a dancer. Yes, right? I am. 
Yeah. So, so if you ever went to a class and and you watched the teacher in front and they didn't know what they were doing or study, even as a dancer, you're like, oh, this is my last class here. So you know, you've got to know. You've got to know. You know, you have to come prepared. Yeah, that's an interesting point because even as a dancer, um, attesting to that. Um, for all the teachers that I've had, I only work with one right now, but from the ones that I've had kind of growing up, um, there definitely have been some where you, they kind of are like, like, what are they doing? Um, and so it's like, oh, maybe I should find someone else to teach with. But it's also different. Uh, I mean, interesting to see like the um, the professional part of it and kind of just like regular dancing, because I know with like choreographing, I choreograph um, seven and eight year olds like at my company not my company, the company that I dance for, um, once you turn 16, you can start um, choreographing for the seven and eight-year-olds. And so Mm -hmm. it's like harder because I have to make sure I know what I'm doing so that way they can learn from me and I'm not just up there looking like I just, you know, made this on the spot. Absolutely. And it's, and again, and it's interesting, it's depending on the age is a different thing because, you know, kids that are seven and eight, their attention span is about three minutes. Very short. So if you don't grab them right away, it's going to be a long day. And that's the same even for for artists. There are times where I've worked with, um, you know, some very famous artists that are, you know, they're insecure or or uncertain. They're just like everybody else when they're first walking into that room and they're like, wow, I'm in a room full of like some fierce dancers and I can't dance. So as a choreographer, you've got to be able to balance and not only with the dancers, but even with that artist saying, listen, the show that we're putting together is for your benefit. And so every we're going to do everything that we can to make you look good. It's also a challenge in something like that where you have dancers, and this is where it comes down to understanding and about being professional, because you'll have dancers that are obviously like, oh wow, this is my I got a good professional gig. I can't wait to show off. And sometimes it's like, no, this is not the gig for you to show off. Mm-hmm. Because if you start looking better than the artist, this is going to be your last job. You, you know, you're you, I, I know you can I know you got six o'clock extension. I know you can twirl for a day, but she or he doesn't want that. So you got to step touch, step touch and get that check and get the next job. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That is a really good point. Everybody needs to look as one as a whole, not one standing out from the rest of the group. Correct. So, yeah. Correct. Um, I'm not a dancer like like you and Shania are, but I do remember in middle school, I took a dance elective and. Like the dancing part wasn't so much the fun part for me, but actually it was like the choreographing part like I enjoyed, like being able to come up with like a dance routine with your friends that comes out and looks a certain way at the end. Like that's what was exciting for me. Like I like to joke and say I don't have rhythm, which I don't, but like that that, that was a fun part for me to do with my friends at least. So um, it's nice to know that I have some experience um, in dance with that aspect. But yeah, that was a nice thing. There's all, there's all in every in all of us there is a creative side. It's just a mad. It's just realizing how to tap into that. And there are plenty of times you can even take uh, quote unquote non dancers and give them something that they can open that door and say like, oh wow, I just came up with a routine. I didn't even realize you know that I can do it. I mean, we all as individuals have a voice, and um, and that is the the most interesting. That is probably the 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 best part of of uh, any of these jobs that you talk about. If you if you've ever interviewed or talked to people who've been doing this for you know as long as I have or even longer, it's never not at the end of the day. It's not about necessarily 
the artists or the shows. It's always about the journey. It's always about the creative process, everything that went into um, what you've gone to get there. Because you, everyone that shares that moment of putting it all together, getting in the in woodshedding and and going into the grind and creating it, by the time you hit the stage, that's that's gravy. You you know, it's all the stuff that and all the memories of what happens before that. I agree. <clears throat> um, what do you remember about your time at GSB, and what was your favorite memory? <clears throat> wow, um, <laughs> different era. <laughs> completely different era than what you guys are. Um, uh, one of the challenges um, for me um, at that time, and, and especially coming out of, you know, I was there in the early 70s. So not only are, am I at a, a private school that there's only about five or six of us that, you know, that of color that are there, but also you've had two, two types of teachers. You had teachers that were... Um, had the mindset of the forties and the or the fifties. And then you had a lot of younger, really young teachers that were coming out of the sixties hippie era. So you had two dynamics of teachers that you have to deal with as a teenager, still trying to find your way and find your voice dealing with a bunch of people that not only, you know, very few look like you, but even, um, even on a financial level are like, yo, wait, wait a minute. Your dad is the secretary of treasurer. Wait, wait, your father yeah. used to be the, your father was the president of the United States, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, the, 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 it's things like that that you're trying to, to deal with. I mean, it, it was invaluable. Um, it, it, I, it gave me the, it, it provided me the, the, um, the wherewithal and the opportunity to accept challenges and to also be able to deal with all types of people on all types of levels. Um, and, you know, I think that that was one of the, the and, and a lot of that preparation didn't necessarily come from teachers, though I, there were a few teachers that I really did enjoy. Um, they, they tended to be more of the younger teachers. You know, some of the older teachers were still like, well, you're on, you know, you're you're just lucky to be here. So I had to navigate through that as well. Um, but that all helped me for later on down the line in business and in life, because we run into that every day that we're in this skin. How would you say you found your passion, like for dance? Like I know you were talking about how um, you played a lot of sports in school and how you know you kind of knew about it when you were young. But was there anything like in particular? Like was it? Did you just feel like it was a calling, or did you just feel like, like how did you? How would you say that you found that passion? It it really lasted. You know, I I went back and forth between uh, the arts and and sports all the way through college. Um, and then it came through. So that passion was there. Um, I guess it really came down to, I, you know, I had to make a determination on what I was going to spend more time in because if I, you wanted to do it, you know, professionally, and especially once I, I you know, I left Gill, I went to a dean, a junior college first, and then I went to university of Southern California. So if I'm out there at USC and they, and I'm trying to play football, it's like, no, you got to play football all time. But when I also went out there, I started dancing on soul train. So it's like, okay, um, do I want to play football or do I want to be on soul train? And then I also started working at Motown. So it's like, Oh, okay. I think I'm gonna stay and and work on my career now. I, I never, and as, as as a matter of fact, I didn't finish. Uh, I didn't graduate from USC because I started working, uh, you know, immediately. But though the um, 
incidents in my day-to-day life kind of affected the trajectory of which way I went. And, you know, I've never looked back on it and I'm, I'm grateful, you know, every day for it. Um, what was your favorite project or artist to work with? <laughs> wow. Um, there, there, you know, there's so many, uh, they're great memories with so many different artists. I don't really necessarily have, um, a favorite. I mean, I, I definitely have favorite moments. Um, you know, I, I, I'll go hip hop and then go up from there. But um, uh, hip hop, one of the first uh, artists I worked with was um, uh, a guy named Cool Modi. And uh, we did the video Wild Wild West. And that really, and I won a Soul Train Award for that. And that actually kind of broke me into um, doing choreography on the music video uh, side. Um, I was Salt and Pepper's first choreographer, um, and then went on to choreograph um, uh, "Push It," and then a bunch of other things. So, you know, I've always uh, Cheryl and Sandy and and uh, and Dee Dee have a special place in my heart. Uh, Dee Dee Spinderella actually was not the first um, uh, MC uh, uh, DJ for them. They had another girl at first, and then they ended up getting um, Dee Dee. Um, uh, when I worked at um, when I worked as a session musician in Motown, it was literally, it was, I was back in school. So to be able to sit there and see Marvin Gaye, to see Stevie Wonder, to see, you know, that's you, there's nothing more you could ask for um, to sit back and, and experience that. Um, to work with, uh, to work with Prince. I met, I met Prince the very first day he was working on his first album. So um, I was doing a session for Motown, but we met him up in, it was in Northern California. And then to watch and work with him during, I went out, I was working for Rick James on a, a tour with Rick James and Prince, but I hung out with Prince more than Rick James because Rick was a little too crazy for me. <laughs> I, could, I could see that. Yeah, it was Rick, Rick was the type of guy, that, the type of cat that like, as, as you know, it was a great op- career opportunity. It was like, I don't think I'm gonna let my parents know about this one yet. I want to make sure because they'll be telling me to come back home rather than stay out here. Um, but to watch, you know, watch Prince go from from his beginnings to the superstar that he became, you know, is that's that's something that I'll I'll never forget. I do a memory on that. I actually have um, he was doing they rehearsed during Purple Rain. They rehearsed at a uh, a studio called uh, Minneapolis Dance Theater. Well, that's one of the places. But they um they had a uh, they did a benefit for uh, uh, Lois Holton, who was the artistic director. It's like a, a a dance studio that which you you would see around here in New Jersey or New York. And um, they did a benefit concert, and that benefit concert, the live recordings from that benefit concert ended up being what the album is of Purple Rain. Well, I have that on video. So I have the entire video. So the song Purple Rain, which everyone hears on the radio album, I have that recording live on video, the actual recording. So, you know, things like that are, are, are you know, nice, great memories. And again, with all of that between um, uh, like Prince with um, The Time, with Whitney, I, kn- I knew Whitney before she was even famous. You know, we had... Um, uh, mutual friends in New Jersey on the musician side is a small town. You know, uh, a lot of um, my old guitar player became her music, a musical director. Um, and actually the, um, 
uh, why do I always forget his name? Um, he ended up being the musical director on The Tonight Show. Um, I forgot his name, right? The bass player, but that was his fir uh, professional, first professional job. Um, but it's all those memories of just watching, again, like I said before, the, the, uh, and when you're woods shedding and you're working those, those, uh, those moments of before stardom hits and just all the memories of, of the hang and the work that goes into things. So they're fond memories all, all the way around that, that I've always remember. So I really can't, it's hard to pick one, you know, I can, there's, I they're just right now I'm working. I, I will tell you, I mean, for most recently now, and I'm, I'm so, so proud of him. You, um, you guys may know him. I've known him since he was nine because his, his uh, parents used to be in my band. Um, but Leon, uh, Leon Thomas, who was Andre oh and Victoria. Uh, uh, Leon is, I'm, uh, he is, he's got right now he's got, he's working with Ty Dolla Sign, And obviously you saw him in Victorious. He's yeah. produced for Ariana Grande. He works with, with Babyface. He works he's with SZA too, right? Yeah. He's brilliant. And he has a new thing. He's got a new album coming out soon and he's got a, um, a single out that, that if you don't have it, you got to get it. It's a, it's either called the breakup or the breakdown songs. It's brilliant, brilliant, beautiful, beautiful song. But uh, you know, he he's I'm probably most proud of him because I saw him like at nine, and when he used to wow. do stuff for Nickelodeon, and to watch him go from that to movie stardom when he first came out as a you know he started on Broadway. He got a, he was Simba in The Lion King. He did Carolina Change. You know to so to see his trajectory. You know at that young age, uh, he he makes me proud. Um, so how, how have you seen music and dance change with like DIY and home study? Cause it's definitely progressed like over the years and evolved. So maybe can you talk about some of the changes you've seen? Um, I, I, I hate to sound like the, you know, the old, Hey kids get off my lawn, the old guy, but, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of what I see now in music and dance that, um, it frustrates me because I think that uh, aspiring artists are sh doing shortcutting themselves, and then that hurts them in the long in the process because they're not building a foundation. What they're trying to do is come up with the latest trick or the latest gimmick, and I'm going to throw this out on uh, uh, TikTok or Instagram and see how many likes I can get, and that has nothing to do with talent. And so what you become is if you don't build your foundation, if you don't build your core at the beginning, you're just going to be the next phase until the next person with more likes comes and then you're kicked to the side. Um, and 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 that hurts. That don't, not only hurts the artist, but it hurts the craft. I do remember there was a, a time there was some some girl appeared on Jimmy Fallon, who was supposedly created this TikTok dance. And, they, you know, this this uh what blonde haired white girl that was on there and they had her and then all of a sudden the, the sister that really did it was like yo this she's right. not the one yeah and they had to, they had to go back so but that's what happens so you know when you have people that are running around copping and saying well this is mine and i'm going to come up with it and as long as i have more likes that people are going to believe me yeah. over than the real person and so i you know i anytime i i talk with artists whether it's in dance or music i'm always like first of all you respect respect the craft that you want to do yeah. um if you have that passion learn your history and and make sure that you have a foundation that will 
hold up over the years. You don't want to just be a one hit wonder or a three or five year that's year sensation. That's not a career. If you have 10, just like your parents or grandparents, if people work 15, 20, 30, that's a career. So you want to be able to last or survive in whatever industry, you know, this business of show, you want to be able to last in. And in order to last, you have to have a, a strong foundation because, you know, the, this business, there are ups and downs all the way through. There's no one that has stayed at, at a certain level. So that's the, you know, that's that was that is my one thing when I when I see these artists and 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 things now. And and um, and it's even. You know, again, I understand. I understand this the generation of of the the formats that are out there, but it has even cost people. It's cost Kanye. You know, mm-hmm. Kanye's got bugging out, going mm-hmm. crazy on on Twitter and stuff, and then loses jobs, loses. You know, it's like you've got to understand. You know, it's one thing to try to be sensationalized and get all people to talk about you, but when you're dealing with businesses, they don't want to see that. And so, you know, there, there's certain things that you, you know, want to realize. That's a whole other story, you know, and Kanye is not the only one, but there are plenty of people that have been more concerned about um, causing a buzz and a sensation and it ends up costing them in the long run. That's a good point to bring up. Um, why is Black History Month important to you? Uh, <laughs> well, we're Black all our life so it's not a it's not a black history month for me it's it's right. it's just you know it's it's history every day um you know i in the in this month which is the shortest day of the year that they've given to um uh focus a light on this i you know i always try to make sure yes it is black history but it's also american history and uh you know and i try to um I try to preach we're going to go beyond February because all of this is is something that goes beyond these these 28 or 29 days. Um, but we, as as much as America is here, the fabric of this country was built with on um, with people of, of color. So it goes beyond the 29 days. Who are some of your mentors or people who have influenced you? Wow. Um I'm going to start with teachers first. And this is something that I even I've learned as just as as an educator and a teacher myself, because no matter what, um, you can go to anybody, including your parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, friends, everyone, good or bad, will remember a teacher. Yeah, everyone is going to remember either either a good way or a bad way. And, you know, that that's and I had a, a teacher in uh in college that really um influenced me i was trying to take a shortcut on uh you know on a project and uh he actually he failed me he failed me and i i ended up losing a lead in a play and he pulled me into the office and just said um you're better than that you know you you you're not you're you're doing a disservice to yourself and that helped me turn that really helped turn around his name was myron schmidt or is myron schmidt he's still alive I sing his praises all the time. Um, I had a, a on a dance side a mentor named uh, Bill Chason who used to teach at Kane uh, University, and I didn't even go to Kane at the time. He danced for Alvin Ailey, but he was the first one of the first uh, uh, teachers him, himself and another gentleman named Phil Black who recognized that I had a talent for choreography. You know, he gave me a book and just he just talked about you've got an eye and a gift and and to continue to nurture it. So it was at that point of, of having people 
I had a, a, a on the music side, my piano teacher's husband, uh, his name was Joe Benjamin. He used to play the bass for Duke Ellington. And so he would sit when I was eight years, eight and nine years old, you know, he used to sit and talk and tell me stories about uh, Duke and all these things. And, I, you know, I was young enough at at that time, you know, I know for for you guys, a lot of these people, you know, Ailey and, and Ellington and stuff, they're all past. I got to see them like live, you know, to so to witness, you know, a lot of people now that are um, that are we read about in, in history. My parents used to um, when when he came would come into the New Jersey chapter. My parents worked with Dr. King. So I would, you know, they would come back from meetings and stuff and talk about Martin Luther King. I still remember the day he passed away. He was killed because the week before he was in Newark and my parents went and I was 10 at the time. And I no, I was nine. And I was like, oh, man, I wish you would have told me that you were going because I really wanted it. Something said I really wanted to go and see him. And, you know, it just it was just weird. And then a week later, he he was dead. Um but you know all of those things, and you know, growing up in that in that civil rights movement, it was it was a um, for as much as it was a a difficult, crazy time for people of color, it was also a brilliant time for people of color, um, and just um, how learning how to navigate this thing called life, um, you know, about black empowerment. Uh, you know, you had the you had the Black Panthers at that time. You had the civil rights movement. You know, you had things that we take for granted so much now, you know, you know, people, if, if you stop and think of it, even, you know, a lot of people now don't even take buses, you know, that are here, you, you got, unless you guys are taking the bus to go to Gill, but you know, when you're, yeah. you're, yeah. you're <laughs> right. So, but that bus strike, you know, when you hear about Rosa Parks and all that, and, and this is the thing where you don't he see about it too much, in a, even in Black history, you'll learn about Rosa Parks for a day or so, but you don't realize that that bus strike was nine years. It wasn't two yeah. minutes. It wasn't a month. It was years. And, that, and, and just to learn the, um, just to learn the fact that people were committed to know we're going to get this right. We're going to stay in this fight. We're not going to give up after the, the next news cycle or, you know, whatever, or we're just going to stay in it. I don't need to have the cameras on me. I'm going to make a difference. I think those things which help give strength and resolve, you know, you guys, again, are young enough to, you didn't see it, but I saw it as younger because I had family in, that are in the South, but I remember watching on television, those, those pictures that you would see of the, of dog when people wanted to go and vote and, fire trucks would come and spray people down and dogs would bite them and it was legal there was nothing you could do about it so you're sitting there saying why are they doing this to me all you know but to understand and learn that resolve of people like we're not going to let this stop us we're going to be able to those are the things that was it was so um you know the thing where we learn perseverance i think that was the the thing that is the most important um, and I will always treasure that. And because that's a part of what makes us as a people and makes any individual, you know, being able to to have this strength to to uh, to fall and get up and continue to to learn and grow from there is the thing that's the most important, particularly for for uh, people of color and women. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see the fight, whether you, uh, you know, agree with it or, or not <clears throat> of how women deal with it and kids your age deal with the Roe Ro v. Wade uh, issue. Because if nothing else, either side of where you stand on, the fact is a right was taken away. 
So if if people just stand back and let rights continue to be taken away, you're going to turn around the next day and be like, wait a minute, what do you mean? I have to drink at the colored water fountain again? You know, but you don't don't you don't laugh. We laughed when Trump tried to run for president. And he got, you know, those are those are things that pe- people have to be aware of just staying um, staying involved and staying, you know, staying persistent in what your beliefs are. What music is your soundtrack to life? Wow. Uh, goodness. Stevie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie, Michael, um, Prince, uh, Tower Power, um, Duke Ellington, Al Jarreau. There's There's so many, oh, so many. And then even uh, choral. I, you know, I love singing um, uh, in choral concerts, in choral groups. Um, so there's like Vivaldi's Gloria, Handel's Messiah. You know, we, we, learned so much um so much music and then you know there was so much music around in in the 60s that it was just uh just incredible and i you know but those all those artists that i just named have 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 always um have always stuck stuck with me because as as a teenager it was all of those songs that were there that you know that um you know, you guys know you're, you have that first love or that first heartbreak and you, oh, that's my song. That's my song. <laughs> Always going to remember it. So it's things like that. So, uh, yeah, those are those are the sound. That's the soundtrack. So um, last question. Um, do you have any advice for current GSB students? Yes, um, without a doubt. Um, you know, you're in a you're first of all, you're in a in a whoever has whoever, whether you have uh, parents, grandparents, whoever your guardians are that have given you the opportunity to be there, that's the first thing you be, should be appreciative of that opportunity. Don't let it go to waste. Um, learn as much as you can and teach as much as you can. There's, you represent more than you realize and you all have a voice. Um, and as, even as you're learning, you're teaching, you know, there's some, there are plenty of times where before you walked in that door, people have a preconceived idea of who you are coming in. You can make them change that difference. So, you know, just always know that you, again, and this, uh, you know, particularly for people of, of color, but even for, for the youth, you're, you're representing, um, even without you realizing it. And as you learn and, 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 and uh, develop your voice from within, know that you're representing every single day that you're alive on, on uh, earth. And, and that's a, you know, it's a tremendous responsibility. And uh, so you, you hold on to that. Okay, um, thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you on campus and encourage you to stop by a BSU meeting. Absolutely. When do you have them? Usually, yeah, usually every other Tuesday. Yeah. In but the they're morning? really ex- in, the yeah, in the morning. Yeah, in the morning. Oh well, duh. <laughs> um, maybe if I'm, I'm normally I'm in New York on 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 uh, Tuesdays. But if I can get a chance, even if I can't come up for that at some point, I'd love to come back to to uh, campus and just you know um, sit and and talk yeah. and meet. And you know, Candace has my uh, inf- in my email information and and all those things. And at any point in time, you know, that you have any questions on anything and want to reach out. Um, please, please feel free. You know, I think it's important, you know, that um, we continue to network. You know, one of the other things that I learned being there um, was the importance of networking. You know, I used to, uh, 
I, I never, I hate, even to this day, I, well, I appreciate it now, but I hated I, golf. I didn't, golf was not my sport. I didn't like, but I learned quickly how many deals are struck on the, on the golf links, you know, where you'll have all these guys going out and they're making deals. And then all of a sudden you come back and you're like, wait, how did that happen? Um, you know, that's just for up that area, but they're, they're obviously anywhere that you learn to networking network networking is, is so important. And you'll find, you'll run into people, um, again, even that have gone to, to Gill or that if you, you know, in a, it's particularly if you get to college and be, become a, in a fraternity or sorority, you'll find that you'll, you may have experiences where you might get a job or an interview or an opportunity simply because either you went to Gill or simply because you were a, a Delta or a Kappa or any of those things. And that happens all the time. So, you know, those 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 network uh, opportunities are are crucial. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us again. Uh, we really enjoyed our conversation. Um, and like Desiree said, we hope to see you on campus sometime. Good. Me as well.